Fast snacks, fast food, fast reviews. Snack Masters Inc., a podcast served to you in 30 minutes or less. Snack Masters Incorporated. Snack Masters. Snack Masters. You'll be snacking with the Snack Masters. Snack Masters. Hello and welcome to Snack Masters Incorporated. I'm your host, the Mass Hall in White Castle, Dooner. And unfortunately, my tag team partner, MSG, was violently attacked backstage before the show, setting up today's episode, a handicap match. Dooner versus three bags of Humpty Dumpty potato chips. We have barbecue, we have buffalo wing and blue cheese, and rippled, all dressed. In addition, guys, it is WrestleMania week, so this is our Snack-a-mania episode. I'm doing a shoot-and-stop press off your mother's dresser with my Macho King wrestling buddy. But before we get to that, how you all doing? Did you have a great Easter? Snackmaster Jr. and Snackmaster 3 went on an Easter egg hunt. SMJ got a really cool Marvel Hulk toy. And the little man, the Rey Mysterio Jr. of the Dunamania household, Snackmaster 3. He's all over the place now. He's a year and a half. He's walking around stumbling everywhere and trying not to headbutt the ground with every step he takes. But I think that he won the egg finding competition. So congratulations, Snack Master 3. My birthday was last week as well. And if you follow us on Instagram at Snack Masters Inc., you may have seen that I got the Oregon Trail handheld game. It's a Target exclusive. I believe it was $24.99. It comes in a, a wonderful case. It's a replication of an old Apple IIe, which most people played the Oregon Trail on. Comes with a small color screen that renders the game really well. It's a tight package. It plays just as I remembered, except the only thing I forgot was how much of a slog it is to hunt. And you can only carry so much back to your wagon. I think it's 100 pounds of food. Or maybe it just was for me because I was a banker from Boston and he's weaker than uh, the farmer. Either way, first trip around, very unsuccessful. Had uh, some broken arms along the way. Few people died of dysentery. Made it to the final river you had to sail down, hit a couple rocks. Eventually everyone drowned and it said, Here lies Dooner. But if you're around my age, if you're a kid of the 80s and you grew up playing the Oregon Trail, I think that you would highly enjoy this bit of nostalgia. Speaking of nostalgia, the other thing I did for my birthday was see Ready Player One. And that was uh, that was nostalgia overload. I know some people like it, but to me, it was just like Google image searching 80s pop culture. There were all these different characters on the screen. You had everything from Ninja Turtles to the Iron Giant thrown in your face. However, there wasn't much meaning to it because they were just avatars. They were just there on the screen. They were trying to tickle that nerve, which usually gets to me. But the movie, it was so poorly constructed and surprisingly, 
surprisingly, one of my favorite actors, Ben Mendelsohn, who is amazing in The Place Beyond the Pines, Bloodline, Rogue One, was abysmal in this movie. I don't know if it's his fault or just the tone Steven Spielberg was trying to strike, but I, I don't know. The movie came across to me like uh, like fellow kids. It was really, really pandering. They, they didn't their story itself, and I don't. I've never read the book, so maybe this is a problem with the book, and it's not entirely the scriptwriter's fault. But they don't build up these characters at all. They don't really build up the world. So you're kind of just watching someone play a video game. Really disappointing. And it didn't help that I felt like my the sound in my theater was way too low. So in the beginning, there's an opening scene where you have a Tyrannosaurus Rex. And I was so looking forward to reliving that moment of hearing the Tyrannosaurus Rex roar. <laughs> From the original Jurassic Park when I saw that at Showcase Cinema in Dedham, Massachusetts. Unfortunately, again, the sound too low kind of blunted everything. Is it worth seeing? I, I'm not going to recommend it, but if you want to see it, see it in a theater because it's really not going to hold up on on demand or on Blu-ray. But all in all, nah, it's a D. Kind of a hard pass for me, unfortunately. Really wanted to love it. But without further ado, Snackamania 1 is upon us. Then we'll have some WrestleMania predictions, and we'll call it a day. On his way down to ringside, weighing in at 140 calories, 7 grams of fat, and 2 grams of protein, it's Humpty Dumpty Barbecue Flavored Potato Chips, straight out of Canada. And it gets me thinking, it would be pretty cool if you didn't have to put country of origin things on here. You could just say parts unknown. My favorite location for wrestlers to hail from. I've always wanted to go. Rumor is it's somewhere near Death Valley and the Ultimate Warrior's final resting place. R.I.P. Jim Helwig. Even though you're kind of a whack job. But these barbecue chips from Humpty Dumpty. And Humpty Dumpty, I don't know if this is a national brand. I've seen them here in Massachusetts. I've seen them up in Maine. They carry a lot of interesting flavors. They have barbecue here. I'm going to do the buffalo wing and blue cheese. They have all dressed up. They have ketchup, which, you know, obviously ketchup is a huge flavor up in Canada. Not so much in the U.S. And they typically do a really good job with everything they've tried to execute, especially on their rippled chips. Now, I'm looking at the barbecue chips, and I've never got these before because, I, you know, barbecue is, eh, it's like a missionary flavor, you know? It says here, barbecue. At Humpty Dumpty, we make flavor an explosive experience by using only the highest quality potatoes and the most intensely flavored seasonings for the best tasting chip around. Dig in and experience them for yourself. We know you'll agree that Humpty Dumpty chips explode with mouth-watering flavor. Now, these things, uh, there's nothing on here that says, uh, you know, natural, non-GMO, anything to that effect. So, yeah, it's a straight-up potato chip that's pretty bad for you, but... You know, if you stick to one serving, again, 140 calories, there's seven servings per container. Uh, the 15 chips, that's really kind of a, uh, I don't want to say a child's handful, but not a full-grown, you know, man-sized mitt sticking in there. You really got to count these out and be careful. They're a great value. They're only $2 bill, y'all. And on the bag, there's a little bit of marketing nonsense. It says, an explosive HD flavor, whatever that means. That term, like, saying it tastes like Bitcoin. Let's give the barbecue chips a try. And this is a regular thin-cut chip. It doesn't have the ripple or the ridges. I'm curious to see how the crunch factor is on this. I'll take a big bite up on the mic and see what we got going on if this little chip carries a big punch. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm glad I started with this one to put some things into perspective. Because as I mentioned, 
I love the Humpty Dumpty brand. I've had their chips many times. This is a decent replication of barbecue. Again, barbecue to me is kind of a safe, boring flavor. I usually avoid it. These are pretty good. My only qualm with them is that they're just a little bit too salty. If they dial down the salt a bit, uh, the verve, they, they might go down a little bit smoother. But right now, it's dropping an elbow on my tongue. It's really drying it out. I do like that there's a little bit of bite to the barbecue. It's not an overly sweet barbecue. I don't know if you call that like a Memphis style. It's a, it's very reminiscent barbecue flavor. It's, again, a good replication. Only issue would be, yeah, just a touch too salty. Would I get these again? Uh, no, because there's better Humpty Dumpty flavors, which we will get to. So that's going to leave me at a 5 out of 10. I'll definitely finish this bag, but I wouldn't buy them again. But on the other hand, if you do like a thin cut chip and you do like barbecue flavor, I think you're going to get a lot of mileage out of these, especially for two bucks. They're certainly worth trying. And if you are a barbecue fan, I'm trying to put my tongue in your mouth. Uh, for you guys, 8 out of 10. Now, give me my tongue back. And my next opponent, Humpty Dumpty Buffalo Wig and Blue Cheese Flavored Potato Chips. These are also in explosive HD flavor, hailing from Canada. stats basically weighing in at 140 calories eight grams of fat two grams of protein these are curious and I'm, I'm excited to taste these because one i'm not one of these humpty dumpty chips i'm not doing today but i have had is their hot dog flavored i think it's called ballpark franks and they're disgusting but it's hard for me to fault them because they taste exactly like what they are supposed to taste like they have the taste of hot dog and they have a tinge of mustard on them it's weird it's kind of gross. It's kind of like, uh, you know, your, the, your saliva in your mouth ends up tasting like hot dog water, which, uh, you know, they stuck the landing on what they were going for. But to me, that's just, that's just not a great flavor that I would gravitate to. However, if you love hot dogs or you love hot dog flavored water, highly recommend those. So I'm excited how these blue cheese buffalo wing ones are going to taste. Let's check it out. These are a, these are a vibrant red chip, very well seasoned. So I think we're going to get a lot of flavor out of these. That must be that high definition flavor they're talking about. It doesn't say if it's in a 720p or 1080p or even 4K. Maybe they should update the bags to, to put that in there. And uh, surprisingly, they must have missed the 3D craze because they didn't put a lot of 3D flavor on there. I'm giving these a big sniff too. I can smell the buffalo in here. I'm not really picking up hints of blue cheese. These are a thinner chip as well. Very similar crunch factor to the other thin chip. Obviously using the same potatoes. The seasoning on here though. Hmm. Man. Surprisingly, you get hit with a lot of blue cheese. That's a good thing. If you're the type of person who sticks your buffalo wings in blue cheese, I am the type of person who sticks my buffalo wing in ranch. I know, look down upon me all you want. I've just never been a big fan of blue cheese. That said, as a seasoning, I do like it better than in the cheese form or in the liquid form. As if you were to stick a buffalo wing into blue cheese, you get hit with that blue cheese flavor before the buffalo flavor settles into your tongue and you get that tang. Kind of amazing. I mean, it really trips me out that these taste so much like buffalo wings dipped in blue cheese dressing. Who's ever in the flavor lab at Humpty Dumpty, the mad scientists in there, they do such a bang up job with these things. 
Oreo really needs to take note. You really can't go wrong with these if you like buffalo wings and you like blue cheese. This is strong. And as I said, I don't really like blue cheese, but I'm still going to give these like a 7.5 out of 10. However, if I did like blue cheese, I mean, these are a 9.5. I think the only thing that would make these a 10 is if it was on a ripple chip or a kettle chip to this sort of flatter style. But the seasoning, geez, so fantastic. It's a really strong contender. But we have one left over here. Let's see if the all-dressed can beat it. And if you listen back to way back in the beginning of this show, in, uh, in one of our episodes from November, we did the Ruffles All Dressed Up. And I am a huge fan of the All Dressed Up flavor. It is my absolute favorite potato chip flavor. I love that you don't need to go and buy extra dip for it. It can really carry itself on its own. It's usually on a ridged chip. For me, you can't go wrong. I used to, I used to actually like ketchup chips, which are always hard to find, although now they've expanded the options in grocery stores. It's been quite a bit easier, at least here on the Northeast. That said, coming down to ringside, Humpty Dumpty Ripple All-Dressed Potato Chips. And on the front of the bag here, we have ketchup, vinegar, sour cream and onion, barbecue sauce, and salt. I'm assuming those are the the five or six ingredients that come together to form this. Similar to all the tape, again, same potato chips, same company, that value price of $2 for a seven ounce bag. Now, I hope I can get some good crunch factor out of these. I bet I can. They're the ripple chips. And truth be told, I've had these many a times and I usually don't buy them because I cannot control myself. I usually wolf down the whole bag. It's so hard for me. I will put a serving out but then I just can't control myself. You know, I, I turn into a, a trance and I just keep heading back to the pantry and ripping these things back and just taking handful after handful. And after seven baseball mitts full of these, the entire bag is done. And then, uh, then the self-loathing sets in. But that said, let's take a bite out of these. Let's see what the crunch factor is. I'm expecting some seismic activity here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Make my dentist mad, baby. Mmm. Oh, so, so good. You get hit with a wave of flavors when you bite into these things. Now, I don't really taste the barbecue sauce. What it really tastes like to me is salt and vinegar crossed with a ketchup chip, then put on a ripple. I don't taste the sour cream in here. It's really, it's really dominated by that vinegary and that, I don't necessarily want to say ketchup because it's not overly ketchupy. And I think when people think that, they're like, oh, is it like eating spoonfuls of Heinz ketchup or something to that effect? No, not at all. And most ketchup chips aren't, at least well-made ones. It's more akin to, if you think about it, when you get French fries, you dip them in ketchup, right? It's not that odd of a flavor. It's just one that hasn't been introduced that often into the United States. Now, this bag doesn't make the same claim that the Ruffles do. The Ruffles said that All Dressed is the most popular chip in Canada. I can certainly see why. And to me, I mean, these are the undisputed universal champion of potato chips. My God, they are a 10 out of 10. If you have Humpty Dumpty out in your neck of the woods, I'm sure they're, they're widely available up in Canada. But if you're out here in Maine, Massachusetts, I've seen these in Shaw's. I'm not sure if they're in other grocery stores, come to think of it. Can't think if I've seen them at Stop and Shop or not, but I know I've definitely seen them at, at every Shaw's out this way. Two bucks. They have a multitude of flavors. This chip, 10 out of 10. The ripple is, is perfect. It's, uh, it's got a great crunch factor to it. I mean, listen to that again. Mmm. They turn me into a wild animal. Ugh. 10 out of 10. 
We're Snack Masters, Inc. You can find this show and all of our old episodes at SnackMastersInc.com. We're also on Instagram at SnackMastersInc. There you'll find all of our food photos, videos, and mini-reviews. Speaking of videos, we're also on YouTube at SnackMastersInc. On Twitter at SnackMastersInc. Facebook at SnackMastersInc. Although... I know everyone's banning that in droves. Ugh, which is so sad to me because LinkedIn is owned by Facebook. And I, I don't care about Facebook at all, but I love LinkedIn so much. Ugh, it leaves me in such a moral quandary on what I want to do with my data. Although, I kind of feel like everyone's been scrubbing my data since the beginning anyway. And it's a bit naive to think otherwise. Not that they should be doing it, but uh, I don't know. Let's not get political here. If you want to reach out to us, though, give us a shout-out, snackmastersinc at gmail.com. Oh, head over to iTunes. Rate and review the show. Subscribe over there. Reviews always help with our ranking and get us heard by more snackers. You want me at WrestleMania? The answer's no. And you know why? Because you deserve to be screwed. So, guys, WrestleMania weekend is upon us. Now, I've grown up, I've been a wrestling fan since, uh, geez, the mid-80s. I think the first WrestleMania that I actually saw on a pay-per-view was WrestleMania 4, and I've seen every single one of them since, even when I don't follow wrestling, as I don't really follow it much right now. I feel that ever since they went to three hours with Raw, it's just too much. It's too many commercials, it's too many recaps, a lot of characters that, uh, just unfulfilled potential. They jam some wrestlers down your throat, <clears throat> Roman Reigns. Some guys that I really like, it's just frustrating to watch them. You see guys like Bray Wyatt or Cesaro who came out of NXT not really getting the pushes they, they deserve and really being wasted on the show. But I try not to get too wrapped up about it. And one of the things about wrestling that uh, is weird, it's a hard sport to follow. It's almost like Star Wars fans, like wrestling fans are so self-loathing. If you go on Reddit and you follow the subreddit, squared circle on there after every raw and nearly every pay-per-view and every angle that happens and every news story there is just so much complaining that goes on however the mood has really picked up recently in the world of wwe wrestling because the beloved daniel bryan has been medically cleared to wrestle again and he will be at this year's wrestlemania WrestleMania, ugh, just like Raw, it's another thing. It's almost too excessive now. It is so long. It used to go from 8 until 11 Eastern time, but now they have a pre-show on there where they put a bunch of matches on there, and I think it starts around like 5 o'clock, and the damn thing runs until after midnight. It's, it's over seven hours of wrestling. It's the kind of thing that, you know, save my marriage, WWE, make your shows a little bit shorter. My favorite pay-per-view by far is the Royal Rumble. And when Royal Rumble season kicks off, when January begins, that's, that's sort of when wrestling begins its new year, I start to get back into it, and I usually follow up until this point at WrestleMania, I watch the Raw afterwards, and then I slowly taper off down to highlights, and then really just to reading the, uh, like the subreddits on Reddit, although as I mentioned, those can be a bit toxic. But this year, there's a really, really interesting card, they really stacked it up. On the pre-show, some of the matches, we'll do a couple predictions here, and Cover the odds really quick, then I'll send you home. But we got the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. And this initially was kind of a featured match. It's a way to give all the guys on the roster a payday by throwing them all in the ring at the same time. I believe Cesaro won the first one, which uh, unfortunately kind of de-pushed him. It didn't do what you would think it would. It didn't give him the rub that you think it would. And 
that's kind of been a tradition with the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. We've had, uh, what, a Mojo Rally one. He turned heel. Nothing really came of that. We got uh, Baron Corbin in there. He cashed in Money in the Bank and lost his hairline. And this year, they got a bunch of different guys in there. It's 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 sort of frustrating to, uh, I don't know, they got Matt Hardy thrown in there this year. Delete, delete. I mean, he's been built up so much, and I don't think he's even got a match on, on the main card. But maybe they'll... Uh, well, I don't know. Do I want? I don't, do I want him to win the battle royal and get de-pushed? Ugh. Yeah. Why not? They've also got the women's battle royal, and this is a funny one because they they initially caused a lot of controversy, which the WWE is very want to do. They're very they're very tone deaf a lot of times. They named the battle royal after the fabulous Moolah. I'm not gonna go into everything the fabulous Moolah did, and if you want, Google her. She exploited a lot of women. She was she was basically a female pimp within the company. A lot of issues and abuse that came from her end. So, to have this whole women's movement and call a battle royal after it struck a chord with the internet and made a lot of people very angry. The WWE eventually thought better of it and changed the name of the event to just the women's battle royal. Chris Jericho. I think he wanted to call it the Sensational Invitational after Sensational Sherry, Sherry Martel, RIP. Ah, oh, God. So many of these wrestlers are, are gone, but... Uh. What else is on this card? They got Cedric Alexander versus Mustafa Ali. And again, this is all the pre-show. They really want you to tune in at 5 o'clock. I mean, the problem is when you tune in at 5 o'clock, they only do like one of these matches an hour, and they throw a bunch of hype packages in between. It's it's a test of your endurance. The Alexander versus Mustafa Ali, another match born of controversy. They had a guy named Enzo Amore on there. He, uh, geez, he got accused of some rape allegations right around the Me Too movement. Did not tell the WWE about it. They were getting a lot of heat. Parted ways with him. He was also disliked heavily in the locker room, but they had to strip the title. It caused a uh, 16-man cruiserweight championship tournament. This is the finales. Alexander versus Mustafa Ali. You got Brock Lesnar, the beast, versus Roman Reigns. Now, Roman Reigns, this guy's more polarizing than Trump, and this is for the Universal Championship. They keep trying to shove him down everyone's throat. The only time I think that he could have won a, a Royal Rumble and got cheered was the one that Batista won a few years ago because nobody wanted to see Blutista win that match. But they didn't give it to him that year. But they've been throwing him down our throat every year since. We've had a, a butt full of Roman Reigns in our face. Are they finally going to pull the trigger in this match against Brock Lesnar? A great one. Everyone's psyched for AJ Styles versus Nakamura. Jeez, indie darlings meeting up. Nobody ever thought they would saw- see this on a WWE stage. It's going to be great with Nakamura. Big surprise win at the Royal Rumble. And uh, just be- knowing the WWE, everybody thought that they would take the title off AJ Styles at the six-pack challenge. But fortunately, they did not. So we got the match. The fans want to see the real main event for the true fans, the AJ Styles versus Nakamura. We got The Miz. Guy does a wonderful job. Intercontinental Champion. He's going against Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. Uh, how the mighty have fallen. Both of these guys were in line for Universal title shots. They were at the top of the card, but injuries sort of de-pushed both of them. Have them back in the mid-card level. But quality wrestling-wise, this could be the second best match on the card after Styles versus Nakamura. Randy Orton versus Jinder Mahal versus Bobby Roode versus Rusev. And the interesting thing here is Rusev wasn't originally in this match. I believe he asked for his release. They threw him in there. I don't know if that will affect the outcome. Randy Orton has the title right now. God forbid Jinder Mahal wins. You will have a riot. Um, you know, in that one, I would like to see uh, either Rusev or Bobby Roode take that one home. Randy Orton, old hat, 
Jinder Mahal, nobody needs to see you. Big match, Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax, Raw Women's Championship. And this is uh, this is a bullying match because Nia Jax, bigger girl. However, I think she gets her comeuppance here. Probably going to see Nia Jax walk out with the Raw Women's Championship. Charlotte Flair versus Suka. She's a SmackDown Women's Champion. Charlotte Flair does a bang-up job. Woo! She is Ric Flair's daughter. And uh, she would probably be more attractive if I didn't know that. But whenever I look at her, I kind of see Ric Flair. Oh, man. What else we got on here? A uh, couple bathroom matches. I mean, I love Cesaro, but Cesaro and Sheamus kind of played out with Brow Strowman and uh, Mystery Partner. Not sure that who that's going to turn out to be for the Raw Tags. You got the Usos versus the New Day versus the Bludgeon Brothers for the, Smack, for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Usos have been killing it ever since they turned heel. Uh, you got the weird match. You got Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle versus HH and Stephanie McMahon. Ugh. The McMahon family always sticking themselves into a, a big match. Ronda Rousey, she had a really flat debut at the, the Royal Rumble. It just ended up with her coming down awkwardly and pointing at the WrestleMania sign. Kurt Angle's comeback from injuries obviously slowed down a bit. HH and Stephanie, I mean, I expect a lot of uh, shenanigans to occur in this one, similar to the HHH versus Sting match. This is a big one. Daniel Bryan and, geez, another McMahon, but at least Shane McMahon, he usually does some big spots. Daniel Bryan, yes, 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 people have wanted to see him come back forever. He's going against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And speaking of Daniel Bryan, I wasn't really sold on this dude until I saw him eat one of those uh, those death chips, the habanero chips, on a show. And while everyone's like coughing and throwing up, he's sitting there, no selling the chip the entire time, like a true wrestler in a Boston Crab. It was, uh, it's wonderful to see. And the only other one you have, and uh, this one's been talked about, they've been, they've been promoting it, which is John Cena versus The Undertaker. They made it seem like Roman Reigns retired The Undertaker last year, but John Cena's been promoting this angle where he wants to face The Undertaker. The Undertaker has been so slow in the past few years. I don't know how this one's going to turn out. John Cena's going to have his work cut out from carrying him, but the match isn't even listed on the card, which seems weird. So maybe it's some sort of confrontation to set up the match next year. Not sure how the fans are going to feel about that. And you guys may not know this or not, but you can bet on wrestling. Now, you can't put hundreds of thousands of dollars on a card, but you can bet a pittance through a number of betting sites now on each one of these matches. And this is a bit of spoiler territory here. So if you really want to watch the card, you don't want to know any of the betting results because a lot of these are a little shady. They contain some insider information sometimes and tend to be pretty accurate on who's going to win. For example, for the Roman Reigns is a clear favorite to win the Universal Championship. He's a negative 350 against Lesnar. I think people just see the title moving off him. I'm not entirely sold on that. I, I'm not sure what's going to happen in that match. In the WWE Championship match, the one that everyone wants to see, Nakamura is the favorite. Not a huge favorite. He's a negative 180 over Styles. Nia Jax, she's expected to win big time, negative 250. Asuka, she, was a, she did a bang-up job in the Royal Rumble. A lot of people, negative 350, big-time favorite over Charlotte. In the Intercontinental Championship match, the Demon, Finn Balor, plus 115. So, narrow favorite to win over uh, Seth Rollins, he's at plus 150. And then you get the Miz at plus 350. U.S. title match, uncertain contest. You get Randy Orton, favorite to retain. Odds, plus 110. Bobby Roode, plus 150. Jinder Mahal, plus 350. Rusev trailing at plus 500. Would be interesting to see him be the uh, the upset winner there. Maybe I'll put a couple bucks on that one to make things interesting. Take Rusev. Why not? I'm sure Trump will. Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey expected to emerge as the winners in the mixed tag match. Kind of makes sense. They're a negative 750. I mean, why would you bring in Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey for this match and then have them job out 
to Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, unless you're setting up a, you know, a rubber match down the road, which they could also do. And that might infuriate people. I mean, I think Ronda Rousey's been a total dud. I would like to see her work out. Obviously, if you like wrestling, it's good for the sport. But, you know, so far, ugh, kind of been a dog with the acting thing. She's a little bit green out there, hasn't acclimated into the ring. She's been thrown into a big position way, way too quick. Usos favor to win their tag team championships, plus 110. Bludgeon Brothers, plus 130. Cedric Alexander is set to win the Cruiserweight Championship with odds of negative 150. No odds on that Taker Cena match. No odds if it's even going to happen. Uh, you know, I don't know if I'd like to see that. The match that everybody wanted to see several years ago was Sting versus The Undertaker. It's been a dream match people have wished for forever. I'm not really sure why, because both guys have slowed down so much. But they did have the opportunity. Instead, they paired Sting with Triple H in a shenanigans match that was somehow supposed to be WWE versus WCW, but then for some reason had the NWO coming down and siding with Triple H, who was the WWE. It was a very convoluted storyline. You had DX come down. It was, uh, it was strange, and it was sad seeing Sting's hair. But that about does it. I mean, this was a Snackamania episode. Had to carry this one solo. MSG should be back soon. Hopefully he recovers from his backstage assault. You guys have a great week. If you're watching WrestleMania, or I convinced you to, enjoy the show. Snackmaster Jr. Ring the bell. Cheese compactor. <laughs> What's a cheese compactor? Cheese ravioli. <laughs> Do you ever have a cheese at ravioli? No. What's a cheese at ravioli? It's like this tall. Oh, it's really tall. Uh huh. Wow. Is the ravioli between two cheeses, or is the cheese it inside the are ravioli? You, are you watching Sours right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> what are you putting on right now? Nothing. I'm waiting for you people to go to bed so I can write. Mm, bye-bye. Incorporated. Snack Masters. You'll be snacking with the Snack Master Snack Master